Welcome to the Live Your Spa Life Show. Spa Life is where accomplishment and harmony coexist. Now, here's your host and Spa Life curator, Diane Halfman. Hello, and welcome to the next episode of the Live Your Spa Life Show. Spa Life is a lifestyle that accepts that accomplishment and harmony coexist. The spa and spa life, the SPA, is for seek power always, that power within you to do your greater work in the world. I am so delighted to have our next guest here on the show, Sonny Mayo, who spent most of his adult life as a guitarist, major label recording artist, and music producer. In 2013, he joined his former bandmate in the nonprofit organization, Rock to Recovery. And Sonny said he is a board member, a brand ambassador, and program administrator for Rock to Recovery, as well as a breathwork facilitator. In his work, he uses music as a catalyst for human transformation by writing and recording original songs with people in various stages of recovery, ranging from substance use disorder to veterans with PTSD and mental health issues and more. Sonny, welcome to the show. Thanks for having me, Diane. Ah, oh, this is so great. I'm, I'm just so excited to have this conversation. One of the things that I noticed on the website is it talked about music as medicine. Can you talk a little bit more about that? Absolutely. So there's uh, reactions that the body and mind and spirit have to hearing music and specifically to playing music. So we've locked this down pretty well and we're still exploring it, but there's a, a neurotransmitter which I'm sure a lot of your viewers, listeners will be familiar with, oxytocin, which is uh, the love molecule, the cuddle chemical, the hug drug. It's released in the body in so very many different instances, but one of which is when we actually play music. So listening to music, dopamine receptors, serotonin, stuff like this, oxytocin also, but there's something unique that happens when we play. Both sides of the brain are engaged. Oxytocin is released into the body. There's bonding between us, right? Look back to tribal times when people first started. I mean, somebody had a two sticks and were, was hitting a, a hollow log, and then their partner, they were like, oh, yeah. And, it was a, and they found rhythm and then started going with drums and then stringed instruments, right? And so this medicinal value of playing music is what we harness in Rock to Recovery, specifically with people who are in various stages of recovery and really are, are trying to rewire their brains. And there are new neural pathways that are carved when one learns most anything. We aim at the instrument. It doesn't matter if someone's a, a musician or not, or a singer or not, or has any musical experience with rock to recovery. I mean, in their life with rock to recovery, we actually can give it to them right like that. We can teach people in real time, a quick bass line on the keyboard, a little piano part, maybe two, four notes on the guitar. They've never played guitar in their life, but they find this melody that we get them. And then we play along and write lyrics and sing as a group. We call it the gang sang that was coined by our Nashville uh, program administrator, Phil Bogard, the gang sang where everybody sings along. And there's magic that happens in these groups. So um, it's such a great experience. And music has been looked at just an experiential, like kind of a fun thing. And it is. But there is measurable changes that occur. Right. Well, just the the healingness of, you know, you think about like when a song comes on the radio and how it speaks to your your soul, it may actually remind you of a time in your life, you know, good, bad, sad, all of that. And being in that creative process, especially as a community, I could see how that could really, you know, catapult people to a new level 
I'd like to hear some of the songs, like the titles of the songs. I'd like to hear a little bit about that because, you know, I was kind of poking through on the website and I saw things like Dead Eyes about life being the journey and scars and broken soul, you know? So there's the depths, right? Of when people feel despair and feel like maybe they've hit rock bottom and some of those things. How is it that some of the music kind of helps pull people through those tough times? It's amazing. Okay. I'm so glad that you did that research. <laughs> Love it. We meet them where they are. The one thing that we try to inject into each song is some hope. Yeah. That Dead Eyes song is the one I actually wrote and recorded that with some people in a treatment center. And th- it was a guy who had had experience as a rapper, but had lost everything and had crashed it down on him. And he was starting again. And he saw himself in the mirror and he's like, these dead eyes, right? Wow. But then he was like, wait a minute. I'm like a shark. You know, I'll come alive. And and even though my eyes may be dead or whatever, I'm I'm still powerful. And he was, he was pulling this SPA move right there. He was seeking power in the darkness from the darkness to come up broken soul you know these things and there's always a little injection of of hope in there right i love mm-hmm. that what has changed for you personally in your musical expression you know when you play under the influence or whether yourself personally or or people around you versus playing sober what's that transition been like well it's incredible so i have been a professional musician since 1996 i got my first record deal when I was 25, 26 years old mm-hmm. with a band called Snot from Santa Barbara, California. And we were buck wild. In fact, I just spoke to my dear old friend, Mikey Doling, who's on his way to Belgium to because he's in a band called Channel Zero. And we reconnected. He was the other guitar player. Our singer, sadly, was killed in a car crash. that was his fault. He was under the influence of many things. And so the band ended, but we are still dear friends. And so the stark difference, I struggled with substance use disorders, alcohol, drugs, everything from the time I was around 15 and I was in rehab when I was 16 and I still kind of like fumbled through and got record deals and then, but it all crashed down. And when I became sober and was stepped out of the music business, I stepped away from it. I was like, I got to save my life. And I got sober and then I got invited back in from people who, who knew me when I was drunk and high, but saw me for who I was. And then they knew I was sober and they were like, Hey, we want you to play in our band. Mm -hmm. And so I got to have these new experiences. Diane, I got to do it again with new eyes and yeah these, oh my god i got to travel the world again and when i play we were just talking about my friend mikey and i were talking about these festivals that we get to play versus like i played a show in poland called polish woodstock <laughs> there were six hundred thousand people i got to play in front a rush of. and i've played in front of six people <laughs> right <laughs> and it's actually a little more difficult to play in front of six than it is six hundred thousand. you may not believe it but it is and this connection right where i can see you and then they can see me see them and they're like whoa right so there's that depth of connection and then the thoughts that we have as specifically as addicts and alcoholics is that we can't do what we used to do and be either good at it or enjoy it or be around it because there's drugs and alcohol but i was able to re-enter this world party situations around the world and i was safe and protected because i was taking steps i was practicing seeking power from within and I got to have these new experiences where even though I played better, I, you know, I used to think I couldn't play. I can't play. I got to be higher. I got I can't be creative. Right. I to, and that's the belief that I brought on from all that, all those years. And it's a lie, right. it's a lie. but it takes time. It took time yeah. away from the drugs and alcohol. And then a time with spiritual connection. Cause that's for me where recovery lies 
is based in spiritual practice, tailored to the person, tailored to the individual. Absolutely. Well, you know, especially right now and, you know, over the last couple of years, I mean, there's been so much social disconnection, you know, people being in states of fear, suicide rates have been up, you know, high, drug use, you know, a lot of these things have really impacted, particularly in the last couple of years. When you look back at your like 15 year old self, can you kind of see like where, where your mindset was at? Was there anything anyone could have said or done for you that could have shifted your trajectory? Obviously, everything that we do, all of our experiences, they lead us to the next direction and transformation that we need to experience in our own life. But when you look back at that, you know, because we've got a lot of listeners who have teenage kids and it's like pulling their hair out, like, what is it I can do to, to help my child move through some tough times? Any advice around that? Any reflections? It's interesting. Thanks for asking that, by the way. And overdose rates in 2020 were the highest they've been potentially ever. I don't know if it was ever, but it's it's obvious. Very high. Stress and disconnection. Yeah. And some people say, and I don't disagree, that the root of addiction is disconnection and the root of recovery is connection. And you can, I'll call it connection God. I mean, whatever you want, however you want. Right. To I agree. So I was on a, I don't know if you ever know the app Clubhouse. There's a chat room yes. and all these things. And I, so I'd end up in these for a little while. And I was, and there was a one day there was a question that was the topic, which was, what would you tell your teenage self right before you started doing the things or when you were in trouble? This same question. And the first thing I realized is that everyone who was sharing before me kept saying things like, don't, you don't want to do that. This is going to kill you. They were saying the exact same things that everyone was saying. Right. In here, out there, it did not help. Fear, warnings, it doesn't work. I don't know what tough love means to some people, uh, discipline, stuff like that. Okay. Routine, potentially. But the first thing I said when I was, when it was my turn is what I would do first is I wouldn't say anything. I would listen. I would say, Hey, buddy, if you're willing to, what is it that you're trying to say that we're not hearing? Mm. And then shut up. And don't give an excuse to why their feelings aren't valid or whatever. Just listen first. And then I would try to encourage, you know, what do you like? Because with all the level of love and respect I can, I can muster for my parents, they discouraged me from playing music. It was the only thing that I felt connected. The only thing. Video games? Nah. Nowadays, it's like you can have a career playing video games. Right. But I would, that was me escaping, right? Music was not just an escape. It was a connection for me. And they, they couldn't encourage me. They didn't have it in them to encourage me. So I would say that encourage, find out what your kids really like beyond just pop culture stuff and oh, TikTok or whatever. Beyond that, like, what do you like? What interests you? And be their friend. Yeah. I was talking to Mikey. This guy's 55 years old. He's going to love that. I just keep quoting about our conversation. Just had it. Dear friend. And he and I've had rough times with each other. We were both drug addicts or in active addiction. We were, had business issues, band members, all this, which is like a marriage to four other people. Yeah. And, and so he is a 55 year old man who has a nine year old son. He's came from unbelievable abuse and trauma, physical trauma, was kidnapped by one of his siblings, all this held hostage SWAT teams. I mean, and this guy is breaking the cycle by being his nine year old son's friend. Mm. And he's a rock star. This guy, he's going to Belgium to play festivals, huge festivals right. in Belgium. And he's a nerd to his son. <laughs> yeah. 
But, so, but he's the son's best friend. That's what I would say. Try to encourage. So two things. So if you would listen to that 15-year-old self, what would your self would have said? I would have said, what do we need to do to get you more comfortable, better at what you're doing? And I probably would try to like be relaxed also. And I'm not even a parent, so <laughs> it's probably easy for me to say this. <laughs> I didn't raise a child. So they're looking at this child, this 15-year-old child that they came out of their bodies, right? So I want to preface this by saying I don't have all the answers, but with me, it would have been some type of encouragement. There's also the factors of like mom and dad were split up. Like there's all this stuff and there was generational trauma and all the things. Right. And so there's all of that. But as far as like to encourage, it would be, Hey, let me know if you need something. Like if you need any help with this, how are you doing with that? And then kind of like let them do their thing while still practicing whatever discipline parents right right. discipline not being like but being structured right some boundaries boundaries yeah routine boundaries structure yeah i I think that's what i feel like naturally these are lovely questions this is great (laughs) this feels like for like i what what i would kind of want for 15 year old sunny ah good good well you know it's interesting because i'm a parent you know i've got two grown daughters and four grandchildren and they don't come with manuals, right? And one of the things that I, you know, in reflecting back on is that, you know, my daughters, even though they were only 18 months apart, they were very different people, right? And I think for me, I did a lot of similar parenting with them. Whereas looking back, I would have done very different parenting with them because meeting them where they're at, kind of that what they need and that whole kind of balance between having that boundaries and discipline and and structure and of course it didn't help too their mom was a cop at the time as well you know so you got that going on and you know being a cop's kid's not that easy but then also wanting to be their friend in certain situations where i could see pushing the envelope especially for my older daughter that if she didn't have some level of freedom it actually would have had the opposite effect so knowing to like if kids were going to, you know, no, didn't want the drinking and driving that they could all stay at the house type thing, you know, and having just some boundaries around that because she actually lost friends uh, her senior year with bad choices and, and things that just happened, you know, around that. So I think that her parents, you know, that in fact, I was told about a book at one time called, you know, Walking on Eggshells. And it can sometimes feel that way at different stages with kids because you just never know, like, where they're at and what they need. And that's one of the things I love about the the programs and things that, that you're offering is that you're meeting people where they're at and, and what they need and the support that they may need to have. Um, and we talked a little bit here about like structure. And I'd like to talk a little bit how you kind of consciously create the life that you want to live. And what are some of those structures that you put in place for yourself and that you use for coaching of, of people that you're guiding? Wonderful. Thank you for sharing all that. And that's amazing to to think that there are a lot of kids who had parents who were, were like, hey, look, <laughs> I know you guys are going to get buck wild and you're on drink underage, whatever. You know, let me know yeah. if you need to stay at the house or need a ride home. You know, it's beautiful. And that was controversial, right? Because there were a lot of parents that were like, you know, hey, zero tolerance, you can't drink type thing. And and you know what? That was not a big deal for for my younger daughter, but for my older daughter, they would have done it no matter what. It's like, what could I do to protect them to actually survive it? To make it through. Yeah. So they weren't. Yeah. I know exactly what you're talking about. Yeah. It's beautiful. 
as a guy who had lived a completely unstructured life previously and then hitting bottom with drugs and alcohol and and with spirituality i was spiritually bankrupt and i came into a 12-step fellowship and took the 12 steps and and had what we refer to as a spiritual awakening that literally removed the obsession to drink and use i do not obsess on drugs and alcohol Uh, i'm a free man and i'm still active in 12-step programs and and obviously with uh the work that i do the treatment centers and such and so i keep going through these different phases of of like structure so we can say pretty much that it that your my day starts the night before so i, I do my best and i'm human and whatever to wind down cor- correctly for me and i do some meditation some soft breath work to try to ease into it take a warm shower or hot shower and turn the screens off you know try to help the melatonin come in that kind of stuff and then Recently, I've actually, I can be honest with, cause we're human is I've been struggling with uh, some anxiety and some depression. And, you know, I have a heart condition or I have coronary artery disease. I've actually had two heart attacks and I have five stents. You may have, if you did any research, it's quite public about my uh, health conditions and stuff. And then COVID comes and I was grounded. You know, it's, you got this issue with clotting and all that stuff. So I was, I've been grounded, you know, for the most part. So keeping structure in, in that realm. Whew. So I've gone through these different phases of morning routine. And I think I wrote on the, in our pregame warm up, I wrote some of the things that I do. So I've kind of altered it now or tailored it now to when I awaken, go into the kitchen, drink some water, take a probiotic, put the coffee on, feed the dog, let the dog out, pour the French press. I get on the floor on my mat, three minutes of, of crunches three minutes of like a down dog push up and then pour the coffee, read a morning devotional. I'm reading one right now. I've, there's so many fantastic daily readers, right? Mark Nepo, the book of awakening. Awesome. Awesome book. And then I do. I'm like, reading that right now. Yes. <laughs> <laughs> I've had it for a while and I finally just picked it up the other day. I love some Mark Nepo. And then I, uh, generally speaking, I will do morning pages. Some people may know the artist's way. Julia Cameron, and I'll just write for three pages. This is the ideal day. I don't always get all of it across. And then I'll do breath work, my own practice, and then meditate for 10 minutes. So that's my ideal day. If Mm. I can get the trifecta of exercise, breath work, meditation, that's a good beginning, right? And then the tailoring of my life, you know, making the the choices of, of who I have around me, what I absorb what i digest you know recently it's been difficult to not look at the train wrecks that are happening all across the globe but i've also been trying to look lean into more positive uh life enhancing type of uh, stuff like i love tom bilyeu and uh, tim ferris and uh, jim quick people like that you know like positive podcasts and such and so uh yeah and then i get to into the world i still i do go into the world i do some in-person stuff but i'm i'm mostly virtual right now i i do rock recovery groups online Nowadays, and I uh, I do groups with mostly teens, but I do a group on Thursday nights, Diane, with a treatment center that is in Thailand. So I'm right here. They're in the next day. They're in Friday morning, and I'm in Thursday night, and it's right now. <laughs> wow. And we write a song together and record it. Like We tailor it. We produce it in, in the cloud, and then we record it. And you can see I actually just uploaded this. You can go on our SoundCloud page. Anybody who's interested in hearing the songs that we write and record in real time, 90 minutes or less, you can go on soundcloud.com slash rock to recovery. And there are some gems and there are some pieces of coal, but hey, <laughs> the people are getting into it, man. And, right. uh, 
Yeah, we have 14, 15 of us now. We we just hired our first female program administrator. We've been trying for years mm. to find our first because we want to, you know, it's about right now it's a bunch of pushing middle-aged white men. <laughs> <laughs> we got to diversify. So we just got our first program administrator in Northern California. We're delighted. Right. I hope I answered the question in this entirety. Yeah, no, it's just, it's looking at, you know, the, the habits and structure because that makes such a, a big difference. In fact, I was just thinking one of the questions I love to ask my guests is that you have a different experience in your bedroom versus your kitchen or your office, right? And our environments impact us. What's your favorite room in your home and why? Probably my back terrace, actually outside. Mm. Being outside, I have a couple hummingbird feeders. I have a butterfly weed, which I don't know why it's called a weed because it's beautiful and it attracts butterflies. Like, how's that a weed? I got my wind chimes, you know, I'm like a heavy metal hippie. <laughs> Literally. Yeah. So that's probably my favorite area is, is to kick it outside and watch my little totems all nice. around. Yeah. Love it. Uh, it sounds like a serenity and peace, right? When we surround ourselves and, and create our environments in, in that way is so great. And you know, you and I are, are both uh, products of the 80s, and we talked about one of our favorite words is being rad. And that has some meaning uh, beyond being cool for you. And I'd love for you to share what that's about. Absolutely. Okay. So in Rock to Recovery, we have this thing. It was developed when Wes Gear, who, who's our founder, my colleague, my former bandmate that I talked about in my bio, we were in separate bands. And then my singer passed away. And then I actually ended up playing another band. I got sober, left that band and joined his band. And he wasn't sober at the time, but we became dear friends, have stayed that way. And then he eventually founded Rock to Recovery. And he started it and started in Orange County. And when he told me about it, I was actually at Rhonda's, Diane, when he told me about it. And our fa- this was in early 2013 and our father was dying. Our wow. father had cancer. And wow. I was flying back to Colorado that's Rhonda uh, Wada, by the way, if you didn't know, Divine Navigation. I was flying back from LA to Colorado to stay at her place and take care of our father while she worked. She traveled and was doing her amazing work. And I was there and it was, I mean, this was a extremely heavy and spiritual time for me, massive spiritual growth. So Wes told me about it and I wrote about it immediately. And I was like, I want to, I'm gonna, I want in on this. I told him on the phone, I'm like, I want in, dude. Like I was still touring and stuff with bands and it was cool, but I was getting a little older and I wanted to, I wanted something else. And so when I came home, he's like, yeah, I'm launching my first group. It was like June of 13. And I said, Hey man, can I come down and shadow you? And he's, he's like, I can't pay you, but I'll buy you lunch. <laughs> I said, great. Yeah, that's good enough for me. <laughs> so people who don't know it's an hour away, either way, it's an hour to Orange County from where I live. And we would start to do these groups together and we were developing the program. How do we interact? We're not music therapists. We are, it is a musical, uh, therapeutic musical intervention because we are not actual musical therapists. We're program administrators, facilitators, uh, certified alcohol drug counselors, but you know, f- just so we can make sure that everybody is cool with what we're doing, <laughs> but we're not music therapists. Right. So as we do the, the group, we begin the group with the check-in actually. So people, it's much like a process group or, whatever kind of group we would say okay so malik would you tell us two things that you're grateful for and if your mood was a genre of music what genre is it right and we've also put out like shakers and maybe a tambourine and some djembe some drums so that's in the circle right the guitars and stuff are back here yeah we're not doing that yet and they'd say hey malik says yeah i'm grateful for the new connection with my people here and i'm grateful for another day sober and i would be 
uh, heavy metal, whatever they would say. And then one day, this person, whomever it was, I can't remember the person, but they felt pretty bummed. They were bummed out. And they shared some beautiful stuff with us. And when they were done sharing, before we went to the next person, I went, hey, you know what? You're rad. And I was so serious. I was like, you're rad. And they went, thanks, man. Thanks. And Wes looked at me and was all. And so right there, we started doing it. We call it the Mayo Technique. (laughs) (laughs) So we now, it's in our manual. It's in our training manual. That when you're going from one person to the next, everyone tells that person, you're rad. And now we have, it's like, oh, here. So you can see it on, we have guitar picks for 30, 60, and 90 days. So here's the Rock to Recovery logo. And then on the other side, it says 30 days. And it says, you're rad. That's awesome. Right? And it's in Iron Maiden letters. I don't know if you know Iron Maiden, but it's their logo letters, the font. Yes. But yeah, so it's it's like, let's get rad, (laughs) y'all. I love it. Right. It's that, that positive reinforcement, that, you know, encouragement that is just like, it's such a great word, you know, and for a lot of people, you know, they are not that familiar with it who weren't around in the eighties. It's kind of made itself full circle again. So I love that. You're just kind of, you're bringing it back into the, the mix again, and that it's something to lift people up. So I think that is just really amazing that you have that and that you're doing that. And, uh, to kind of circle back around to your amazing sister, Rhonda, have you actually gotten your divine coordinates? I, I haven't done it. Oh, dude. I'm so bad. <laughs> but my amazing sister, gosh, we've been through a lot together, she and I. I love her dearly. And we we had a troubled childhood. We each had our own experience, right? Like you were saying, what you were both the same way, maybe different for one. Right. Right. They didn't know what to do. <laughs> So I think they raised us both the same way and we turned out to be different people, but she and I are so very similar in where we've landed in the transformative healing works. Right. Right. It's amazing. And your groundedness to spirituality. I definitely can see the, the through line in that. And I recognize that in the, in the spirit of your family. So it's it's beautiful to see. Yeah. So she actually invited me during this time. She was doing a virtual workshop and she invited me to do, a breathwork circle with her participants. Wow. I mean, I would never have imagined that I would be co-facilitating with my sister, backing her up in this healing Mm. and and being able to, and I led led her in it as well. Right. in, In this group. What a blessing that is. Yeah, I bet. Well, and she never does anything that she's not led to do and that the, uh, pendulum doesn't guide so that was a divine uh, meeting right there for sure i'm lagging diane <laughs> okay well i'm gonna put it out there that that needs to happen hello <laughs> you talked about it and i'm like i gotta do this other thing first Oh, it's so cool because there's an embodiment practice to it as well and it's really amazing work so divine navigations is uh, i'm a fan so you definitely should connect especially since you got an inside track there no i know somebody on the inside i got you know somebody <laughs> i can introduce you to somebody <laughs> hey, can you can you give me backstage do you know anybody there you go i get you backstage <laughs> so fun well i just i love this well this has been such a a great opportunity just to talk about you know rock to recovery and just your journey and our listeners are going to want to keep in contact with you how can they do that yeah i don't have my own website Potentially one day I will, but I am readily found on Instagram, probably my most interactive 
You can find me on Facebook, but I'm more of an Instagrammer, but Rocked Recovery as well on Instagram and Facebook and probably TikTok. And I would like to also say that uh, I'm a breathwork facilitator, right? And at the beginning of the pandemic, our founder, Rock Wes Gear, was said, hey, man, I think we should do a virtual breathwork group every week. And we still do it. So it's on Saturday mornings, 10 a.m. Pacific. Uh, one can sign up by going to probably three different places. One of three. The website, rocktorecovery.org slash meditations. Mm. And because we have a meditation group as well, I think on Wednesdays. And then, or one can go to Instagram, link in the bio. There's a link tree, sign up for breathwork. It's actually, we do ask for a donation because I'm getting paid regardless, which is fantastic, right? But if people can't afford it, give six pence or whatever, or just come be part of the community. We have a community that's been running for almost 18 months. And so, uh, this is fantastic, right? And there is healing through virtual that can be made as well, as I'm sure you are experiencing. Definitely. So yeah, there's that. And then rockedrecovery.org is our website. Um, we also just released West Gear and Dr. Constant Scharf, our VP of everything, just put a book out called Rock to Recovery. Yes, I saw that on the website. I thought that was really cool because there is so many different people's uh you know, experiences and backgrounds uh, that they're portraying in there. I mean, anywhere from people who've experienced sex trafficking to banned people to everyday people, right? There's So there's a lot of different experiences. And so it'll help for people to check that out just to see, you know, you can relate to different people, right? That have different experiences and, you know, what their path were. So I think that's a, a great resource. Yeah. So, and you can get it where you, wherever you get books. Yeah, absolutely. Yeah. Perfect. Well, any final parting uh, words before uh, we jump off? Just everyone be most excellent to each other. Just be rad. Be rad. Hey, I don't know how we can end any more than be rad. (laughs) Uh, Well, thank you, Sunny, so much for for your wisdom and for being here on the show. And uh, so appreciate you. What a pleasure. Uh, You got it. And then for our listeners, you know, there is somebody, whether it's yourself going through a tough time, right now, you know, make sure that that you search out some of these resources, right? You know, there may be a a local community in your area, support group that can help you. You know, Sunny has all kinds of of, uh, virtual options that are out there. You definitely want to go to the uh, Rock to Recovery website and see what kind of options that can support you and share this. You know, please go out and, you know, if you're not already subscribed, please do that. But share this episode. There's somebody, even just one person you know, that needs to hear this message today, that needs to have some positive uplift, that know that they're not alone and that there are resources out there for them. So please share that. And then also, you know, if you have any questions, or comments, you know, we'd love to hear them in there. Please tag both myself and Sunny. If you have any questions, we're happy to support you, answer you, and give you any of those resources that you may need. So share it, get it out there. And until we connect again, live your spa life. Bye for now. Bye. Your host and spa life curator, Diane Halfman, wants you to know you can download her free guide to start living your spa life right now. Go to dianehalfman.com and click on the link for the nine secrets to step into your spa life. Now, live your spa life where accomplishment and harmony coexist.